this episode of the Council of the Wise Developers. In this Voices of the Tech Community episode, well, continuing our support of suppressed conservative voices, we're going to hear from beloved broadcaster and definitely not propagandist mouthpiece, Fucker Johnson. Then, head of the council, Enoch Wise, will interview Sushil Kambampati, Director of DevOps and Information Security. I'm Johnny McCode, Speaker of the Council. Remember, inspecting the HTML source code of a web page is hacking. I'm Johnny McCode, Senior Editor of Tech News. Here are some headlines trending in the tech community. A software engineer suggested that TypeScript wasn't necessary this week. During a planning meeting, a group of full-stack developers at local startup LaborGulp were discussing how to implement a new micro front-end. A software engineer suggested to her colleagues that TypeScript might be, quote, overkill for this task. The software engineer was immediately put on a performance improvement plan, and NPMI TypeScript was already being typed into a bash terminal. On the radar in venture capital, Florida startups this year have raised over $1 billion in early-stage funding. In a related headline, Florida startup under investigation for serving employees crystal meth seltzer. And now, for the conservative perspective, America's trusted conservative voice, Fucker Johnson, on piano. Hello, investors, makers, and creators. You work tirelessly to give, 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 while everyone else merely takes. Thanks to you, we have a great civilization. But are we ever truly safe? More than ever, America is now aware that not all of its deeply valuable creators are getting a chance to thrive and grow. To make the companies of tomorrow, race, gender, or lacking rich parents shouldn't ever stop someone from becoming an entrepreneur. Being uncomfortable with seeing others as exploitable bags of money, that should be the only thing that keeps you from becoming an entrepreneur. But the calls for racial justice aren't bringing about the fresh wave of black, brown, female, non-binary business heroes that society needs and frankly deserves. Why not? Is it the negative media coverage of technology, too much stifling regulation, too much strangling taxation of startups with unsuitable business models? It is probably all of those and more. Curse you, AOC. But free market loving heroes are already fighting those battles tirelessly. We need to give them time to win the war. What can champions of enterprise like you and I do in the meantime? Think of the glorious captains of industry looking down with disdain upon a society of lazy gig workers taking far too long to deliver fried cheese and small motorbikes. Should it only be white male faces enjoying that privilege? 
I want to see disdain for workers on a diverse array of faces. We're not going to let the freeloading legislators stand by and do nothing, dooming our dream of a utopian business future. Here are some ideas that passionate hustlers should feel free to pursue. A. Great schools. Going to a great school fast-tracks entrepreneurs to get funding. Why aren't more kids from the inner city going to Ivy League schools? Find the poorest zip codes in your area and start distributing SAT prep books to the children in those neighborhoods. If those kids don't end up rich, now it's their fault. B. Lack of relevant education. It's true. Formal education is everything. But it should be just one path to the top. Gritty young entrepreneurs truly just need to know the skills to perform. That means digital marketing, computer literacy, hustle, and accounting fraud. That's why venture capitalists need to start recruiting more founders from the supermax inmate populations of our nation's penitentiaries. Sure, most inmates are being made productive via our correction industry partners. Thank you for your service. But some inmates are too valuable to waste as mere cheap labor. We need to interview inmates and look for the hidden pearls of sociopathy waiting in a selected few. When you fund a startup and send it off to grind its employees into the ground, will some spoiled rich white kid really have what it takes to death march burned out coders for one more week? No! Recruit a CEO who's been shanked in prison more than once. And who saw the crack cocaine epidemic hollow out his community for generations. Nothing's more inefficient in a startup CEO than sparkly humanistic beliefs that have yet to be crushed. Finally, C. Let's get more immigrants in from non-white countries that have suffered natural disasters and have a history of colonial exploitation. Colonialism is, of course, an unconscionable evil, but the free market follows yesterday's destruction with tomorrow's creation. Let's fill our tech offices with diverse, non-white faces that are here under restrictive visas that we can threaten to pull at any time, turning those non-white faces into chattel. I, I mean, valuable white-collar workers. Remember, everyone, no matter their race, gender, or religion, deserves to have the impression that they have a chance at riches. That way, when most of the unwashed masses end up poor, they'll know it's their own fault. Now let's hear from our sponsor, GitPail. GitPale has always been about supporting developers and open source. Now we're taking it to the next level. Introducing GitPale Autopilot. GitPale Autopilot uses advanced AI to offer helpful code completion suggestions. Start some for loop syntax and let Autopilot guess how to complete it. 
GitPale Autopilot is just like copying and pasting code you don't understand from the internet, but even faster, and with even less critical context. With GitPale Autopilot, you can save time with repetitive coding tasks while helping GitPale to improve its learning algorithms and hastening your economic obsolescence. GitPale Autopilot. Finally, open source code subordinated to corporate control. And now for the interview segment. It is at last time. He's just like the rest of us, except Rich and his opinions matter. Enoch Wise is our glorious leader of the council, a billionaire transhumanist 10xer on the spectrum. He solved the P versus NP problem by violating user privacy. I give you Enoch Wise. Wise, Wise. Hello, my name is uh, Enoch Wise, and uh, I'm here with uh, Sushil Kambampati, uh, Director of DevOps and Information Security. Hello, Sushil. Hello, Enoch. Thank you for coming on the Council of the Wise Developers. To get started, uh, Sushil, uh, what is um, DevOps? Uh, okay. So I like to think of DevOps, there are a lot of different definitions out there, but I like to think of it as um, it being all the other tech activities besides writing code that uh, deliver a software product or service to users. I like to think of it as a great way to lower developer wages by automating away their activities. But, you know, one person's answer is different from another. Another question, they, they say that uh, uh, DevOps is, is not a job title, it's a f philosophy. Um, how do you execute uh, DevOps? Right. They say that, but then funnily enough, we have DevOps teams. So, you know, we're not... Um, so my, um, my DevOps mantra is automate everything, as you just alluded. So... Yes. The way to execute DevOps for me is to find something that um, either developers do or my team does repetitively um, that is you know, manual and tedious or time-consuming and try to find a way to automate that. So part of your title has information security uh, in it. So, Sushil, is information security important to a business? <laughs> um, given all the ransomware incidents recently, do you even have to ask? Um, but maybe, you know, I guess... Um, Look, I, I paid a, a contractor on Upwork to come up with these questions for me for $5, so I'm just going with it, yes. Fair enough. Well, and then, you know, maybe in the future, 100 years from now, when people, or even 50 years from now, when people listen to this, there'll be no context because we'll have solved all these issues, and they'll be like, what is ransomware? So... Um, people of the future, at this moment in 2021, we're going through a wave of uh, incidents where bad characters, bad actors are taking over computer systems by injecting uh, malware, bad software into the systems and locking things up and forcing companies to pay a ransom to get access back. 
It's and crazy, there's all right? Kinds of hackings, uh, you know, and data breaches. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I think um, you know, information security is absolutely critical for businesses these days. It's um, we're supposedly living in an information age, and if that information is just out there and you can't control it, then um, then you don't have a business part, you know, possibly. So. I would say so. I, I want to ask you follow-up questions on that, but I, I liked your idea before of uh, addressing people in the future. So I would like to take uh, an opportunity to address people in the future, specifically the future where we have all left behind deprecated flesh to join a cloud paradise and live as a hive mind in distributed systems. I would just like to address those people and say that, yes, Enoch Wise controls all the information as a benevolent digital dictator, but I have your best interest in mind. Uh, but back to information security. Uh, if a company has uh, cyber insurance, th then who cares if a company gets hacked? The company's customers. I mean, even if uh, they have cyber insurance. Customers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, keep going. Uh, no, I know, I know. You, you don't care about customers. That's not... But... You know, for the rest of us. No, no, I re really care about yeah. the customers. Um, you know, if the service is down, then uh, you can't uh, you can't actually get your um, you know the service or the, the I mean, you as a customer are not getting what you need. Um, recently, I think um, some airline baggage handling system was hacked, and you know, bags were not hmm. um, being delivered. As somebody who just recently traveled and his bag was delayed. Um, you know, two days, I can tell you that that was not fun. So a CEO could have lost one of the UB keys. That's true. That's true. Yeah. So I think, you know, from and then um, if a business is forced to shut down, then investors, you know, you know, I, I oh, now I'm paying attention. OK, yes, yeah. yes. If, if, if uh, your business is somehow inoperable, you might not have those billions anymore. Well, you, you sorry, you, you were talking about poor people before, so I wasn't really listening, but now you have my attention. Yeah. Uh, but cyber insurance pays you money if you get hacked, so there's no lost profit. Isn't profit all that matters? Well, you might lose, your business might lose its reputation, uh, you know, and as I said, if if your systems are locked up long enough, you might actually go out of business, even if the cyber insurance... Okay. All right. You've closed the loop. I guess we got to care about it. Yeah. Damn it. Well, but is it important if we're only talking about, say, I understand the business continuity part. You got me there. But talking about uh, da data breaches in particular, should we really care about losing the data of, you know, poor people? Yeah. You know, at some point you need the poor people to, um, I don't know, buy your stuff, I guess. So. Right. Good point. But um, no, good thing I had you on here. I was getting I was getting a little careless. <laughs> um, no, you know, there I saw recently uh, there was um, I don't know if you read about this. There was a, a Catholic priest who was outed as uh, being uh, homosexual and had to resign. And, you know, that's an extreme form of, you know, how data when it's in the wrong hands can uh, hurt people. Right. And so depending on what kind of data your business is. Uh, controlling and processing, if that gets out, it could 
cause reputational damage to people. It could, you know, cause real harm to people's lives. They make them targets of uh, attacks of all kinds. That is concerning, but I guess my counteroffer is if there's a market for stealing people's data, isn't that the glorious free market blessing that activity as efficient and right for human civilization, particularly if the hacker is paid in cryptocurrency? It's true. It's true. Um, I have some dick pics of yours that I want to tell you after. We can talk about it after this. All right. Oh, secrets. Oh, no, it's it's not going to be an investment pitch, is it? I don't want to. I've already invested in too many. Anyway, keep going. No, there's, there's a picture is a few of a personal nature. Oh, so it is an investment. I know you're playing hardball. I get it. That's going to work. Okay, well, uh, let's let's change topics back to DevOps. You seem to be rather knowledgeable on DevOps. Uh, in, in the DevOps philosophy, treating servers as cattle versus pits is a big theme. So my question for you is, how do we treat human software engineers more as cattle, less like pets? Hmm. That is a, that is a goal that uh, some of us might have. Um, but maybe others don't want to treat them like that and um, you know, view software development as a creative activity still. Um, but I think where DevOps can help is by setting up um, guardrails and, uh, mm. you know, to prevent people from, you know, and your pets from possibly hurting themselves or even cattle, I guess, if you want to look at them that way. So some of the things that we do, you know, in DevOps is uh, set up, um, set up um, configuration rules so that, uh, you know, software can't do something uh, something silly, or we set up, uh, you know, code analysis, autom you know, automate code analysis, so that uh, we have mm -hmm. these tools that will look for things like obvious SQL injection paths and remove those so that, you know, developers don't get themselves into trouble and lead to these information security breaches that we just spoke about. Okay. Well said. You really brought that one home. Do you use Terraform by chance? In my current place, we have not, but um, I have I have seen it before. And well, actually, I'm I'm moving to a new role where we will be using uh, Terraform. All right, all right. Terraform is uh, infrastructure as code, a very DevOpsy activity. So my question for you is: Once we're ready to achieve the singularity and upload all our minds into the aforementioned perfect cloud consciousness paradise. Will we mm -hmm. be able to do all that with one Terraform configuration, you think? Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think that's a goal. It's a laudable goal, but it's it has a way to go. From what I've seen of it, it can also lead to some... Um, it can lead to inefficiencies as well, you know, because it's so, it's so scripted that uh, sometimes it doesn't optimize uh, things. Uh. And you have to put a lot of thought, you know, you have to put thought eventually into your terraform scripts right because it is code so like any yeah. bad code any code you can have good code and bad code and you know you can end up having bad terraform code as well right all right so you're shifting left but you're also shifting the possibility of creating mistakes left well, it's okay when we create the cloud paradise i'll be writing the terraform configuration so it's, it's locked down 
Uh, I cannot wait. Uh, yeah, no, me neither. Uh, what's what's one thing most organizations are doing wrong from a DevOps perspective? I think a lot of people see DevOps as CI/CD, and they stop there. And you know, uh, CI/CD being continuous integration, continuous. continuous delivery. Exactly, and so they focus on um, you know a lot on that, and you know you'll see um, a lot of job ads where you know it's talking about CI/CD and things like that, but. Um, you know, as a practicing DevOps engineer, we have we spend eighty percent of our time doing other things besides CI/CD, right? You know, just things like uh, we've locked down our our let's say we've locked down our development environments and networks, and, you know, and there's no external access, and then suddenly we're integrating with a third-party API, and they need uh, access to your uh, development environment. How do you make that happen in a secure way? Right? There are these kinds of interesting, they're very interesting problems, but there are a lot of things like that that we see um, and spend a lot of time on. And right. um, I think uh, that's, um, that's where, you know, by focusing only on the, the code integration and delivery part, I mean, I think that companies will eventually see, you know, you can think that that's what DevOps is going to be, and then you'll end up finding out that you, know, you have to spend a lot of time on other things as well. Um, also, on securing your infrastructure, you know, with uh, with the cloud, there's right. a lot of different ways to mess that up. That all makes a lot of sense, but on the other hand, when I think of the guy who does my CI/CD, I see some fat white man with a donut stain on his shirt, and sticking him in the corner. To just work on CI/CD sounds a lot better than having a conversation with that person. Um, well, I like to talk to everybody. Everybody has something interesting to say. There might be a story behind that donut stain you don't know about. Whoa, there, Mother Teresa! <laughs> All right, you've done a good job, Sushil, of enlightening me somehow even more than I was already enlightened about DevOps. I think it's time we got to the lightning round. Oh. It's called the lightning round because I've delivered an electrode to your chair via drone. And you will be shocked if you do not answer quickly enough. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Don't I, worry. It's just a form of optimization, not quote unquote torture. So I'm going to ask you questions as quickly as possible. And I ask politely that you answer them as quickly as possible on threat of electric shock. Are you ready? I'm ready. Sushu, what's the best piece of business advice you have ever heard, probably from me? Well, it's not business advice, but it's job advice. Uh, somebody once told me that every job is about solving problems and making decisions, and the rest is culture. Interesting. All right, well done. Moving on. What book would you recommend to our audience if you were me? If I were you, I would definitely recommend How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. All right. I feel that might be secretly criticism, but I'm moving on. What's one attribute or characteristic of a successful founder that I have? <laughs> moving on, you failed that round. 
What's your favorite personal productivity practice that involves biohacking yourself with an illegal substance? It's making a to-do list with cocaine on a table. Excellent. What's a new or crazy business idea you'd like to pursue if you have extra time, but I would definitely do better? Uh, security kickstarting for startups. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, what's an uh, interesting or f fun fact about you that would help me feel superior to you? I cannot hold my liquor. One beer and I'm done. Fascinating. What's one of your most important passions outside of your work and how can you automate it? Um, it's sailing and mm. I would not want to. I would not want to automate that. I'm not really following on that, but okay, you did answer quickly. It's finally, uh, why aren't you as rich as I am? I spent too much money on airline tickets. Yeah, that'll get you. Well, I'd say what job well done, but you missed one and you felt the consequences. Other than no, that, though, well one. done. I did not miss one. Well, I jolted you, so in my mind, you missed one. That was on purpose. Nice try, smart guy. Ah, whatever, I'll give you the credit. You made it through the lightning round. Well done, Sushil. Would you like to tell the audience how they can reach you and troll you for DevOps advice on the interwebs? Um, sure, I am SK is content on LinkedIn or Twitter. Huh. So you are content. Or Facebook also, actually. Yeah. So SK. <laughs> Take that, Zuck. Sorry, I was making fun of my uh, friend slash my frenemy, Mark Zuckerberg. Can you say that? No. Spell that out one more time. Yeah. S-K-I-S-C-O-N-T-E-N-T. Cool. Do you have a final word for the millions of adoring fans of me that are listening? Um, listen to Enoch. He is wise. Yes, I am. Thank you so much for coming on to the Council of the Wise Developers, Sushu. It was, it was fun. Thank you for having me. The Council of the Wise Developers is a satire podcast focused on technology. Our goal is to first make you laugh, but also to make you question what you already think. That means we may give you cognitive dissonance. Feel free to disparage us on your favorite social meds. If we do give you cognitive dissonance, but you think this turns out to be a negative and not a positive, leave us some feedback on councilofthewise.dev. We intend to carefully consider feedback from our subscribers and may address concerns in future episodes. Also, special thanks to freepd.com for supplying us with public domain music. Much of the music on the podcast comes from freepd.com.